It's time. We are not called to be nice. Sandy Rios, welcome, Sandy. Thanks for being here. We are often called to be confrontational. And here with me in D.C. is Fox News contributor Sandy Rios. You and you still like me, or you, or you don't like me, James? Are you okay? You all right? <laughs> I'm a musician. I can't help it. Uh, longtime Fox News contributor Sandy Rios, thanks very much for being with us. We have, I think it's four to one youth in America wants gay marriage. Our kids are the product of public schools. No wonder they poll the way they do. It's time to stand up or we're going to lose everything we have. Director of Governmental Affairs for the American Family Association. Step up, speak up, say something, do something. This isn't a game. This is real life. Cindy Rios is with the American Family Association. A pro-life radio talk show host. Some things are worth fighting for. After nearly three decades on the Supreme Court, Justice Stephen Breyer is expected to retire. Sources tell CBS News that the 83-year-old will stay on the bench for the rest of this consequential term, deciding on major cases like abortion rights, and he'll wait until the Senate confirms a successor. The liberal justice is under pressure from the left to step down while Democrats maintain control of the Senate and the White House, so his replacement won't change the ideological makeup of the nation's highest court. In recent years, Breyer has found himself in the dissent on a bench that has moved more to the right with a six to three conservative majority. President Biden will now be given the opportunity to fulfill a campaign promise and appoint the first black female Supreme Court justice. That tells it well. That's exactly what happened yesterday. Sandy Rios with you, but I can give you maybe a little bit of insight into what's going on here. Uh, Breyer, of course, was appointed by President Clinton. Uh, it seems funny. I, as I heard him, he's 83 and the oldest member of the court because for so long uh, we had, a, you know, Ruth Bader Ginsburg was so aged and uh, he was not the oldest member of the court. So that's just interesting. But let me just tell you something that she hinted at, but we probably need to drill down on. And that is it looks as though Stephen Breyer did not expect to step down. It looks as though it's likely that the White House leaked this story. Uh, because the reports are that uh, Breyer is actually quite upset about this. And so I don't know what that means. I guess he'll still be forced to step down. I guess he technically could not. I don't, you know, I don't know how this works. There must be some lever that people are using over him to force him. But he, does, he was not prepared and didn't know he was stepping down. And lo and behold, he you know, got the word that he's stepping down. Carrie Severino, our good friend, has written a, a really good article in—actually, uh, it's not her article, Joe Pollack— in Breitbart interviewed Carrie, and she's talking about uh, the kind of the ins and outs of this and kind of recounting how uh, um, there's an organization called Demand Justice. It's one of the George Soros many, many – remember we talked about Arabella, this incredible dark money funding machine that all these different organizations spring up and they suddenly are funded and they have signs and they're organized and – uh, it's a it's a very it's frightening actually, a mysterious group. They're very effective, and so um, uh, demand justice has been demanding a Breyer's retirement for such a long time. They even ran a campaign uh, where they had a little slogan "Breyer retire," and they just uh, they ran that just a few weeks after Joe Biden became president. So they want him out, and the squad wants him out also. And of course, the replacement. Uh, is going to be a black woman. Why do we say that? Because you may recall that in the presidential election, anybody remember that Joe Biden was not doing well? Hang on. In the primaries, he was doing very poorly. Uh, he was doing very poorly against Donald Trump after he became the candidate. And so um, what he was, I think this is still in the primaries, though. He went to South Carolina, 
and really James Clyburn, who was the former head of the Congressional Black Caucus, uh, you know, saved his bacon. How did he do that? Uh, Joe Biden was not even doing well among black voters. Uh, very disappointing for them. They thought he would be a shoe-in with them. And so Joe, uh, uh, Congressman Clyburn stepped in, brought Joe down, and gave his kind of imprimatur to Joe Biden, invited him to speak, but with the caveat that Joe Biden would, in fact, appoint a black woman to the Supreme Court. Well, they would, as Joe Biden spent his time down there in South Carolina, the story is uh, that he just kept failing to mention that little bit that he'd promised James Clyburn. And so one night, in a, during a debate, James Clyburn got up from his seat, went to the back, beelined for the exit, and told Joe Biden, this is the quote. I don't know how many, someone knows the quote, but here it is. It's from... Um, this is from Fox News. He says, look, I told you that I wanted you to say that you were going to name a black woman to the Supreme Court. You haven't done it yet. You've had a bunch of opportunities. Don't you dare leave this stage without doing it. And so Joe Biden dutifully explained that he was going to appoint a black woman if he was elected. So that's how that all happened. You know what? I don't have anything against having a black woman on the Supreme Court. I think it's a great idea. The right black woman someone who has wisdom, someone who has knowledge, someone who has training. I don't care what color they are. Do you care? I don't care what gender they are. I really don't. I just want them to be competent and smart and wise. But the problem is that's not the kind of people they seem to be looking at. One of the candidates, uh, they've talked about all kinds of people. Kamala Harris, you've heard that rumor. I think you heard it a few minutes ago. I don't Personally, I don't think that's likely. But um, Because there's so many choices and so little time. But one of their... Uh, picks Sherilyn, or candidates, at least we think. You know, how do we know that they just announced yesterday? So I'm not even sure if uh, Breyer has officially announced. He's supposed to send official, uh, you know, an official uh, miss- missive of some sort to the president to announce it. So we'll see if he does that. Wouldn't it be something if he refuses? <laughs> Wouldn't that be funny? I would love to see that, actually. But anyway, uh, the there's a civil rights attorney named Sherilyn Eiffel, uh, who is one of the candidates listed by Sheila Jackson Lee as the acceptable persons. And she is, a, you know, really uh, hates the police. So this is the, I reuse her name, Miss Eiffel, because I'm just giving you an example of what's coming. You just have to know that whatever black woman is chosen, it will be a radical leftist. It's not, it'll be like, <laughs> I can't even think of her name, California, uh, the congresswoman, she's too old or she would probably be chosen that, um, it's going to be someone who's radical and uh, not not sort of like there to get along. It's going to change the court, no question about it. Uh, but the the left, as the storyline goes here, and it makes a great deal of sense, as the 2022 elections are coming on and even 2024, Joe Biden is doing so poorly in the polls and so are Democrats that they want to make sure that they have a person uh, established on the Supreme Court who is a leftist communist like the people that are Behind the curtains, behind Joe Biden. That's exactly what's happening. So um, so there you go. That's that little bit of story this morning. Um, I told you, yeah, I want to talk about this because this is actually kind of cool. I've been talking to you about the Canadian Trucker Freedom Convoy. They're driving to um, Ottawa uh, to to let people know how they feel about the uh, the vaccine mandates. And uh, they have been running a fundraiser that now exceeds $5.5 million and still climbing. 
and they're estimating that about 50,000 vehicles are participating. I want to just play a little sound for you of, see, citizens are coming out from west to east coast in Canada. It's amazing. It's not just one video. It's video after video after video. It's aerial view of the, these places, some of the remote places in Canada filled with trucks and people along the roadside supporting them. It really is amazing. There is someone who was in a car describing it, and I thought it'd be great to kind of listen. It'll give you a kind of get, paint a picture for you verbally. It's clip seven. Okay, to keep going on this video, just past the overpass, and now along number one highway, they just keep going and going down all the side highways. It's like a parking lot everywhere. And it's like this all down the Trans-Canada Highway. We're talking, I don't know, maybe 10,000 people almost. Like it just doesn't stop. It's like a jet game, but better. <laughs> and it's minus 27 degrees out. This is Manitoba for you. And this is the real Canada. Even if the media won't show it, this is the real Canada. These are real Canadians fighting for their rights, fighting for their freedoms, and it just does not stop. There's about half an hour before the convoy even gets here, and these people are going to stand out here and watch the convoy for hours go by. I hear it's still stuck uh, many, many, many miles back, trying to get through. Like, I just can't, I've never, I didn't know these many people lived in this area. <laughs> like, I'm from Steinbach. And this is, this is like the whole southeastern Manitoba congregating. And now that we pass the main area, it's just both sides of the road. Over and over and over again. Just keeps going. I, I've never seen anything like this. Way to go, Canada. <laughs> you rock. <laughs> You know what? You have to be, listen, this, this is very cool. This is very interesting. These are the people that have been silent in Canada. They're finding their voice, uh, and they're fighting against their leftist, liberal, off-the-charts uh, prime minister and his government. Uh, and so uh, I don't know what that's going to end up doing. They're going to Ottawa, 50,000 trucks, can you imagine? I think they will get some attention. There's no question about it. We just pray that they will get some traction. Um, okay, so... Uh, COVID continues, you know, to spread like crazy. So many people have it. And I just want to mention, as a matter of fact, that back in Tupelo, where uh, our headquarters is, my some of my staff has been sick. Devin has been sick. And I just got word this morning that a lot of the Wildman family are sick. And so uh, it, even though we um, we don't ever mean to poo-poo the, the dangers of COVID, you know, I wouldn't do that because I nearly lost my husband. Uh, it is still uh, a threat. Uh, I think that certainly the Delta variant is not the threat that the other one was. And as a matter of fact, Dr. Malone, in his uh, the hearing before Ron Johnson just this week, made a statement that I want you to hear. This is clip four. Omicron, we are, we are truly blessed, as I said back before Christmas, that Omicron has such low risk for severe disease and death. However... It's got a warning sign, and it's what GERD has been warning about and what the FDA has acknowledged in the original documents allowing the emergency use authorization in which they told the pharmaceutical industry that they desired that the pharmaceutical industry would investigate the risks of antibody-dependent enhancement or vaccine-enhanced disease. 
What Gert has been warning us about quite stridently is if we continue to implement this universal vaccination policy rather than the position of the Great Barrington Declaration, which I've supported in multiple op-eds in the Washington Times, among others, if we continue to pursue this universal vaccination strategy in the face of the pandemic, particularly with Omicron now, a much more highly infectious, highly replication-competent virus, what we risk is the driving the virus through basic evolution to a state where it may be more pathogenic and more able to elude immune response. So in sum, if we continue to pursue universal vaccination, the high probability is that what we will continue to see is the evolution of additional escape mutants that are increasingly infectious and may well become more pathogenic. This policy of, of forced universal vaccination is absolutely contrary to all of our understanding about basic viral evolution. We are clearly seeing the development of escape mutants that are resistant to the vaccine. Omicron is not only resistant to the vaccine, but its infectivity seems to be facilitated by the vaccine. And in my opinion, this must stop for the sake of the world. All right, Dr. Robert Malone in the hearing before uh, Senator Johnson. By the way, I'm sure you can, I didn't even check this morning, but if you look on Rumble, I bet you can get that hearing. Uh, it's available other places too. Uh, I'm sorry, in this moment, I can't even think. I know that Dr. Malone has a whole outlet. I just signed up for it. Maybe you guys can look for that while I'm chatting here. Uh, but I want to give you another story before we take this break. Uh, uh, Thomas Rince is the attorney that testified in the hearing this week with, uh, Dr. John- with Senator Johnson. And um, he did, well, you know what, I actually think I better take a break here because I don't want to have to hurry through this. This is a stories, uh, more stories about injuries and more, more of the statistics. It's just amazing to me. Uh, I just don't know how we got to this place so quickly. I just don't understand how our medical establishment has corrupted itself so quickly and why people have just acquiesced and fallen over. If they had stood up, this we wouldn't be in this position, but people are so afraid. We have become very weak, haven't we? Very weak. We're so afraid of kind of suffering any kind of uh, inconvenience or harm or fever or loss or whatever. We're, we're just, we've lost our courage and that has to change. We have to renew our strength and our faith and, and stop depending on material things. And that goes for each and every one of us, including me. Okay, got to take a break. Sandy Reels in the morning on AFR Talk. The Raising Godly Boys Minute with Mark Hancock. 31 donuts. That's the average number an American eats in a year. Some eat fewer, but boys probably eat more than their fair share. (laughs) Talking about donuts, have you ever wondered why there's a hole in the middle? Because donuts are fried in oil, the hole allows the dough to cook evenly without the outside becoming burnt and the inside remaining doughy. In addition to being a tasty treat, the donut is a good reminder. Don't leave a hole in your son's social, emotional, and spiritual development. Here's an idea. Take your son to a local donut shop to share some sugary yumminess. Have a heart-to-heart talk. Listen as he talks about what's going on at school. Pay attention, connect with him, and pray for him. For more helpful advice, visit Trail Life USA or RaisingGodlyBoys.com. Free help in Raising Godly Boys is at RaisingGodlyBoys.com. RaisingGodlyBoys.com. This is Pause to Pray. 
a chance each day to stop down from the daily noise of life and pray for our country's leaders. Today we pray for Samantha Power, Administrator for the U.S. Agency for International Development. Her agency administers civilian foreign aid and development assistance. Proverbs 1, 24 through 25 reminds us of the importance of generosity. One gives freely, yet grows all the richer. Another withholds what he should give and only suffers want. Whoever brings blessing will be enriched and one who waters will himself be watered. Right now, with this in mind, let's pray together. Almighty God, we ask you to guide Samantha Power as she helps support our country's foreign assistance programs. We ask this in Jesus' name, amen. Pause to Pray is the service of this station and the Presidential Prayer Team. Get your 2022 prayer guide and make this the year of prayer. Available now at pausetopray.org. Hello, Americans. I'm Todd Starn. Stand by for news and commentary next. Are you looking for a university that provides a quality Christian education with excellent academic and athletic programs? Well, I want to invite you to visit Liberty University, where they offer multiple visiting opportunities to fit your schedule. Plan a visit to their Central Virginia campus and stay for an afternoon, a day, or an entire weekend. You can also take a virtual tour from the comfort of your own home. Plan your visit today by texting "Go Visit" to the number 49596. Again, that's "Go Visit" to the number 49596. David Ferguson is a 32-year-old father of two with another on the way. He is also fighting for his life. Hospitalized since November at Brigham and Women's Hospital, Harvard University's teaching school, Mr. Ferguson was removed from the heart transplant list because he refuses to get the China virus vaccine. The hospital says they have a policy requiring all transplant patients to be vaccinated. In effect, Brigham and Women's Hospital handed Mr. Ferguson a death sentence. During the debate over Obamacare, many conservatives were ridiculed over fears the government would create death panels to ration out medical care. It turns out those fears have been realized. If nothing else, the China virus pandemic has demonstrated how unkind and cruel the left can truly be. And in the case of David Ferguson, how heartless. By the way, my new book, Our Daily Biscuit, is available right now at ToddStarns.com. Sandy Rios in the morning on American Family Radio. The single most respected voice in the pandemic is Dr. Anthony Fauci. The man who's become known as America's doctor. The nation's top infectious disease expert, Anthony Fauci. You are uh, seen to many as a, a superhero. Dr. Anthony Fauci. American hero and New York Yankee fan. You've done so much for this country in terms of this crisis, so I really appreciate your insight. Who better to give us answers that we can trust than Dr. Anthony Fauci? Perfect person to answer our questions today. Joining us now, Dr. Anthony Fauci. Dr. Anthony Fauci, appreciate your candor. Dr. Fauci, appreciate the candor. We appreciate your service to this country. We appreciate your service. Thank you for your service. Thank you for your service. Greatly appreciate your service to America. Thank you for your 37 years of service, I believe, to seven presidents, and thank you for your work over the past year. The great news is you're sticking around in the Biden administration. We are so grateful to you, Dr. Fauci, for everything you do. Thank you so much for everything you do. Thank you very much uh, for everything that you do. Thanks so much for the work that you do. Thank you very much for the reassurance, and as always, for all of your public service. Thank you, Dr. Fauci. Thank you for all your guidance this, this past year, and it's greatly appreciated. Dr. Fauci, on behalf of all of our viewers here in the U.S., and around the world. Thanks very much for doing what you're doing. Thanks very much for joining us. Please thank your entire team as well. We are all grateful. Get your rest because we need you. You are one of the busiest scientists in the country right now. It is an honor to have some of your time 
uh, to help us understand what is going on. I know a lot of people have a lot of questions, so we appreciate your time, sir. We need people to continue to have faith in science. So thank you for your time, sir. Thank you for being straight with us. Thank you for being able to come on. You will always have this show as a platform. Sir, whenever you can be here, uh, it's we'll have you. It's always an honor to have time with you. Thanks for being here. It's good enough for you, sir. It's good enough for me and my family. So thank you, Dr. Fauci. Dr. Fauci, thank you uh, for keeping it straight. Thank you for fighting the good fight. I am sincerely appreciative that you are not walking away from this post. You make us smarter and safer and better every day. Thank you so much, Dr. Fauci. <laughs> <laughs> uh, dear. Okay, so that's a clip. I'll just give you an idea of how the media has fawned over Dr. Fauci. Uh, you haven't heard that fawning here. I think I more often refer to him as our Dr. Mengele, uh, the uh, experimenter on human beings uh, that was, you know, the Nazi experimenter, Dr. Mengele, who gave, you know, drugs and all kinds of medical, you know, he tried all of his theories on Jews and weak people that they had arrested and did horrible things to them and maimed and injured them and made their lives absolutely horrific. And, uh, you know, so I think, you know, uh, when you think about Dr. Uh, Fauci, that's what I think about. I think about those kids in the hospital in New York that were orphaned because their parents died of AIDS and how he gave experimental drugs to those children. And they begged to not get them because they were made sick at all kinds of side effects. But yet, rather than let them refuse them, they actually forced feed, fed them, put in feeding tubes. Uh, to force them to take the medication. So I don't know, you know, you can argue with me on the scale there, but that sounds very Mengele-like to me. Now, but one of my favorite kind of references to Dr. Fauci lately has been a little piece that written tongue-in-cheek, and uh, it's uh, Fauci the cat. So I, I think I like that, Fauci the cat. I could just kind of see that graphic, can't you? Mr. Fauci, you know, the face, little grin, and then the, the tail swirling, and uh, while he's saying something like, this he's uh, he has more things in store for us. This is clip five. Let's listen. No, no, no. Sorry, sorry, you guys. Let me interrupt you, Devin, because uh, clip nine is what I meant to call for. Clip nine. With mass. With regard to the clinical trials that are being done in children from six months to twenty-four months, and from twenty-four months through four years, as you probably know, the original data that was done was determine if the doses that were given to those children reached what we call non-inferiority with a more adult or adolescent population. And the original data that was put forth, it looked like the dose and the regimen for the children who were six months to 24 months worked well, but it turned out that the other dose, namely the other group from 24 months to four years did not yet reach the level of non-inferiority. So the studies are continued. It looks like it will be a three-dose regimen. I don't think we can predict when we will see an EUA with that because the company is still putting the data before the FDA. And I certainly don't want to get ahead of the FDA because I'm not privy to the data. And even if I were, I wouldn't want to anticipate what the FDA would do. I think we just need to be patient yeah. So uh, Dr. Fauci, Dr. Mengele, wants to give your children six months to 24 years, your babies, your children, it looks like it's going to be three doses, three doses likely for your children, three, three doses. 
Well, why, why would that bother me? Well, because they have not done studies on the effect of these drugs on children. Very limited information about it. And yet they're going to do this because, you know, people are dying. Not children. Children aren't dying from COVID. Hardly any child is dying from COVID. There are rare exceptions, uh, and especially not with this new variant. But we must. We must vaccine our babies. Three doses. Why would I be concerned about that? Because I want to go back to, I talked to you yesterday about Thomas Renz. He's the attorney that testified before the committee with uh, Senator Johnson. And he talked about the stats that he's seeing. And I will just, if I can, remind you of some of those stats. Uh, they, they have, the military has a way of tracking this stuff without going into detail about that. They have some pretty good numbers that they can rely on. And they have noticed there are three doctors in the military who have come out as whistleblowers, Okay. And they've noticed a 300% increase in cancer diagnoses since the vaccine has been uh, being given to military people. Um, also, um, 269% increase in myocard. Well, I can't read. This is a myocarditis. I'm sure that's what this means. Two, 291% increase in Bell's palsy. 156% increase in congenital malformations for children of military personnel, a 471% increase in female infertility, a 467% increase in pulmonary embolisms. Now, I'm just giving you part of this because this is a long article. We'll put this on our Rumble, our Getter account. Um, and this is Whistleblowers Share DOD Medical Data That Blows Vaccine Safety Debate Wide Open. Let me get in some some of this a little bit. We've had the virus, VARS numbers. That's the voluntary reporting system that's set up to track the the deaths and injuries from vaccines. And we already know that the uh, that the COVID vaccine have done. They've just exponentially caused death and injury more than any other vaccine prior that's ever been tracked in in the history of the U.S. Okay, so we, we know that, and it's a voluntary reporting system, so we know it's underreported. So here's the deal. According to the military, DMED, DMED, is the Armed Forces Health Surveillance Branch's web-based tool to remotely query de-identified active component personnel. It's only, only military talks like this, <laughs> but I'm going to go ahead. Uh, anyway, it's within the Defense Medical Surveillance System. In other words, it contains every ICD medical billing code for any medical diagnosis in the military submitted for medical insurance billing during any given period of time. Three military doctors have presented queried data to RINS that shows a shocking and sudden spike in nearly every ICD code for common vaccine injuries in 2021. Their names are Drs. Samuel Sigaloff, Peter Chambers, Teresa Long, all military doctors, and um, I, one stat I left out is 300% increase in miscarriages. So uh, this is what we're going to give. Now, uh, so Dr. Mengele, oh, uh, Fauci, Fauci the cat, wants to give it to your children now. You know, let's try this on the kids, the babies. Let's just give them three. They'll just need three, just three, and they'll be free from COVID, maybe free from ever having babies, maybe free from having a, a healthy heart, maybe free from all kinds of things, you know, like good health. It's just, it is so disgusting. I cannot believe we are wrestling with this, and I can't believe that so many Americans are still just so unaware about this, and that's why I talk about it so 
much. I'm going to put this article uh, on our Getter account. It's Whistleblowers Share DOD Medical Data That Blows Vaccine Safety Debate Wide Open. All right, I'd like to now open the phone lines because because we have a little bit more time today, okay? I, I've carved it out. There's a lot of news, but I want to talk to you. Our phone number is 888-589-8840, 888-589-8840. And, um, uh, but while you're, while you're thinking about what you want to share, and again, you know, call if you have something important to say. Don't call to chat, and please don't call. Just don't, don't misunderstand me. Don't call to praise me because that's very kind. But let's don't, I, let's don't waste our time on the airwaves with praise of the show or me. Um, it's it's nice to hear it. I just want I want us to have some meat in the conversation here. Uh, this is um, from Ashley, and she <laughs> she says, please mention the Freedom Convoy to Ottawa during your show so others will know. And she talks about how they have a Facebook page. It has over six hundred thousand people and counting. It's called Freedom Convoy to Ottawa twenty twenty two. Yeah, Ashley. Well, you know now probably if you're listening that I've been covering that. So, um, and so this is from Howard. He says I'm a trucker. In the past six years, I have been into Canada around 40 times. I've not taken the shot, and my company, which is a small one, has made no mention of requiring the shot. As of January 15th, I am not allowed into Canada. Let others go, then. I'll wait until COVID stupidity dies out, and if it doesn't, then I guess I'll never go again. You know what, uh, Howard? I'm in that position, as you probably know if you listen. My my kids are in Vancouver, my four grandchildren and my son and his wife, and I knew when I said goodbye to them about six months ago that I, I might not ever see them. I Seriously. I don't think they believed that, but I tried to tell them that that would really separate us in a different way than we've ever been separated before. So I understand that statement. This is from David. Uh, he says, um, Love listening to Sandy Rios in the morning as I roll up and down America's highways, delivering freight of all kinds. I think you misspoke when you said that Teddy Roosevelt was a hero in World War I. It was the Spanish-American War, and he's right about that. And I thank you for that correction, David. Sometimes when I speak off the top of my head, I make errors like that. It was the Spanish-American War. I couldn't remember the timeline. Uh, but anyway, he marched up um, you know, Bunker Hill, uh, it did, a, did a brave uh, charge with his men on his horse. And so that's what he's, one of the things he's known for in his military uh, credentials. He was one heck of a guy, says David, and I'm honored to share my birthday, October 27th, with him. God bless you and yours. Stay well and be safe. Trucker Dave Ellis uh, from uh, Hammond, New York. Dave, this is great. Great to hear from you. And God bless you guys out there on the roads uh, doing what you're doing every day, getting smarter and smarter. You know, you isn't it funny how God works? You think you're isolated in a truck out there and that, you know, I can. I'm sure it gets extremely lonely. Maybe some of you like that, but uh, it's like you are now. There's a fertile time for you to really groom your mind in a good way, and many, so many of you are. I would also recommend, if this isn't apparent to some of you, that yeah, this would be a great time to listen to the Bible, uh, a Bible app. I've been doing that at night late. Um, it's just, um, it just is so encouraging. Oh, so my husband just gave me a note. It's San Juan Hill, not Bunker Hill. Oh, my goodness. See, I should stop doing this unless I've thought about it here. So Teddy Roosevelt uh, charged up San Juan Hill in Puerto Rico. So um, anyway, but back to the the whole Bible app, that would be a great way. Listen, if you want to really hone your mind uh, and help your understanding of what's happening in this world, 
Uh, it's what's what's written in Scripture will help you understand the nature of man, uh, the nature of God, uh, God's plan for the world, and uh, and all of the things that we're experiencing. Maybe not in detail, but certainly in concept, uh, are are predicted in Scripture. So it's pretty fascinating. Uh, this is from Joyce. She says, thank you for mentioning Senator Johnson's hearing this morning. It took me a while to find it. She couldn't find it on any of the C-SPANs. It didn't come up in any Google searches. And that's how successful they are being at shutting out anything. Uh, so I finally found it on CD Media, used by Brave and DuckDuckGo. And so um, not on her smart TV. She said, I've never heard of them, but I'm tuned in now. And she said they listened to almost the entire hearing. Um, she says, I have lost... Total confidence in our health care in this country. What I didn't hear from this morning is how we're going to fix it, not just this has to be investigated. You know, I would say this to you, Joyce. Um, in an interview tomorrow that I'm going to do, there will be a discussion of a counter-medical system being set up, and so you might want to be sure that you listen tomorrow, and that will... Uh, it's just in its very beginning stages, so it's not like you can sign up and go see a doctor, but people are really brainstorming this and trying to come up with some kind of a a, a system uh, that, that will operate differently, be completely separate from the corrupted one that we have been using all of these years. Uh, let me quickly go to a call, and uh, Lori in Oklahoma. Good morning, Lori. How are you? Good morning. I'm fine. Thank you so much for taking my call. Um, my pleasure. I work on a military base, and um, we have just heard and on that, you know, we're going to be forced to take this vaccine. We're going to be forced, and I've watched people go into panic. Numerous people, you know, take the shot, including co-workers, family. And, you know, I have just quietly... Lori? Had no- you know what, Lori? We- Lori, um, I want to hear everything you're saying, and for whatever reason, you keep dropping out. So what I'm going to do is go to a break. And maybe by the time, if you can hold on, I hope you can. Can you? All right. She can't hear me. Lori, just hold on, if you would, and let's see if we can get you in a better spot or if you can get in a better spot. That'll be great. And then we'll come back to you first. All right. Our phone number is 888-589-8840, 888-589-8840. You know, it's great to talk to you guys. Uh, we are like a big family, aren't we? And um, we are in a shared experience. And those of us that are believers in Christ, we are certainly a family. <laughs> no question about it. We are the body of Christ facing all of this. Um, and this is our time. This is where God has called us to do. It's not an accident. This is our time to rise up and do whatever is right, whatever situation you find yourself in. And uh, with boldness and courage, Sandy Rios in the morning on AFR Talk. To sharpen the biblical worldview of Christians and to share the good news of Jesus Christ, That is the mission of the Christian Worldview Radio Program. I'm host David Wheaton, inviting you to join us this Saturday morning at 9 Eastern, 8 Central, as we discuss all matters of life and faith from a decidedly biblical perspective. The Christian Worldview, Saturday mornings at 9 Eastern, 8 Central, right here on American Family Radio. Hey, moms and dads, are you at your wit's end? Hi, this is Mark Gregston with Parenting Today's Teens. I'm so grateful for the partnership we have with American Family Radio. We share a common goal to bring hope to hurting families through the life-changing medium of radio. Be sure to listen Saturday afternoons at 4.30 Central on American Family Radio. Find help and hope. 
for your family with Parenting Today's Teens. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. Look briefly at one of your fingers. You've just witnessed one of the greatest displays of God's creative intent there is. No other person in all the world, even an identical twin, shares your fingerprint. God specifically designed each of us to be unique. That means we shouldn't try to carbon copy anyone else in the Christian faith. If God made you an arm in his body or a kneecap, praise be to our glorious God for drawing us to become a part of his body. How freeing it is to realize that we were never meant to copy anyone but Jesus. Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association. The following are real-life stories from Trinity Debt Management. My story begins with debt, a lot of debt. I used my credit cards as a source of income. It was not a good situation. I couldn't pay my bills. The interest on the cards was really high. If you're in debt and you need help, call Trinity at 1-800-788-1813. I initially was scared to call, and immediately I felt relief. They contacted all of our creditors, and they put us on a plan for success. Trinity will consolidate your accounts into one easy-to-manage monthly payment, reduce your interest, and possibly improve your credit score. You'll save thousands. I've been able to pay off close to $15,000. We're doing a lot better. Please pick up the phone and see how affordable and easy it is to pay off your debt. It's a godsend. We're debt-free for keeps. Call Trinity at 1-800-788-1813. That's 1-800-788-1813. This is Frank Affney with the Secure Freedom Minute. The wrecking operation that passes for Joe Biden's administration has just prematurely ended the career of Supreme Court Justice Stephen Breyer. No sooner had the president unilaterally announced Justice Breyer's departure than he declared that only a black woman would be considered as his replacement. Mr. Biden made a similar constitutionally challenged, indeed racist, commitment with respect to his vice presidential selection of Kamala Harris. And even Joe Biden seems to have realized that was an unadulterated mistake. In fact, they get along so badly that he reportedly is prepared to nominate Kamala as Breyer's replacement just to get her out of the White House. Fortunately, the American people, having been fooled once by Biden's racist appointment of someone of such limited ability and even less personal appeal, seem unlikely to agree to her obtaining a lifetime appointment on the Supreme Court. This is Frank Gaffney. Don't forget to connect with Sandy Rios in the morning on Getter or email Sandy at Sandy at AFR.net. That's Sandy at AFR.net. Sandy Rios in the morning on American Family Radio. Some major flip-flopping people should not be walking around with masks. Masks work. Fully vaccinated. You are protected, and you do not need to wear a mask. If you are vaccinated, you should still wear a mask. You really better be very careful before you bring the children back. 
The default position should be to try as best as possible to keep the children in school. Right now, at this moment, there is no need to change anything that you're doing on a day-by-day basis. I would like to see a dramatic diminution of the personal interaction that we see. So, so let me clarify that because there was a little bit of a misunderstanding. All right, that is a DeSantis ad, uh, and you can't see what they're saying now, but it shows Florida, and it says, um, Dr. Fauci, he flips, he flops, but he can't stop freedom in Florida. Fauci can pound sand. And they're actually selling flip-flops, Fauci flip-flops. <laughs> I just thought, I think that's great. I do, I think the best, part of the best way to handle this is to mock them uh, in the right way. They they are worthy of, you know, their blind guides, hypocrites, they... You know, they with braves, uh, breath like open graves. You know, that's what Jesus said to the Pharisees. And that's what they are. And so we need to call it out for what it is. It's just really ridiculous and dangerous. All right, I want to go back to Lori. Lori is in the car, and we couldn't hear her very well a few minutes ago. She works on a military base. So, Lori, are you there? Yes, ma'am, I am. Thank you for being patient. Well, basically what I was addressing was I work on a military base. I won't say where for obvious reasons. And we have just had this looming threat over our head, and it's kind of been the undercurrent and the stress. And people have, like, talked about it, you know, inside the circle of where I work and then outside, you know, people wanting to know. And I have just quietly stood my ground and said, look, I'm not interested in being unemployed. You know, I'm I'm an elderly woman. I am, you know, not as marketable as I say would have been 20 years ago. And it will be a hard road to face if they do put this out in the company that I work for saying you have to because I'm not a DOD employee and I'm not in the military. But I work very closely with them. And I can tell you that these guys and these gals that are serving, you're coming against the strongest military force in the world. And you're giving the stats. And I've been listening to some of these doctors talk about what's happening to the military personnel. Well, why wouldn't they? come against our military and demand that they get shot up with this toxic goo because they can weaken our military forces and then have a more profound effect if they come against this country in a way that none of us want to see happen. And on another note, I've got a child that's about to give birth to her fourth son. Her and her husband are very anxious, I would say, about going into the hospital because the hospitals have all these crazy rules. She is a non-vaxxer. Her kids are healthy as horses. And, you know, they're making up rules like, well, you have to do this and this and this. And, you know, we were like, could we just figure out a way to have the baby at home? But that, again, you just can't randomly go have a baby at home. So we're looking at the major problem is a lack of honest, truthful information, which you have been giving. And um, American Family Radio has been so proactive about giving. But it's not getting out there. They're shutting it down all over social media. And if you try to tell the truth, people are coming at you and coming against you. And now we're facing people who want to enact laws that say if you give out what they deem not factual, they can come against you. So we're living in dangerous times. Your dubbing Dr. Fauci as Dr. Mengele is more appropriate than most people in this culture, in this generation, understand even who Dr. Mengele was. Um. Well, Lori, that's uh, – I thank you for painting that vivid picture. I would say in, in just something practical, uh, you know, their midwifery is still alive in this country. 
I, I don't know where. I really don't know. It's big in Canada. I know about that. My daughter-in-law gave birth uh, twice with a midwife. And so I'm just throwing that out there for people to hear. Maybe there are still midwives available, and uh, you might want to consider that. Because I, you know, I, re- I recognize I'm afraid to go to the hospital now. I really am. I'm concerned about that uh, because I don't trust them anymore. I talked to a doctor a couple of days ago, and I asked him, are there any hospitals in our area that are trustworthy? He said, that's a silly question. And the answer is no. And after you hear again the show tomorrow and you find out the financial incentives the hospitals are getting for playing along with this dangerous, life-threatening, and killing people scheme, you'll understand the, the, the depth of the corruption. But, Lori, just hang in there. And thanks for calling. I wish I could... How I wish I could help each and every one of you call with a problem like this. It just really hurts me that I can't. But we're all in this together. The details are different, but we're all traveling this road together. And, Laura, you've got a real imminent problem there, and I just pray that God will protect and give you some really good job that will be safe for you. And I don't mean safe from COVID, but safe in the other way. But thanks for calling, and all the best. Let's go to uh, let's go to Esther in Texas. Hi, Esther, good morning. Yes, ma'am. Um, I, uh, I have, I've called him before, but I've been doing more work. I had lost my job, and um, I've been treating uh, patients with COVID. And I've been, since December 25th, I've treated over 60 patients with ivermectin, using the AAPS, and the frontline doctor's treatment. Yes. And I have had, um, nobody has been hospitalized. Everybody is doing well. And uh, we even, there was one client that was hospitalized. He had over 14, 14, 15 liters of oxygen, and they thought he was going to have to be intubated. We treated him for 10 days with ivermectin. Um, Praise God, he was actually discharged, and he's at home recovering. And um, so, I mean, the treatment does work, and God has, I mean, I don't know how he's done it, but, I mean, I get calls from all over, and... uh, I just thank God that he's using me to be able to help people because that's all I want to do is help people and prevent them from dying and uh, being healthy. I want them Esther? to be safe. Yes. Esther, let me ask you something. Are you are you just doing this by word of mouth? Yes, ma'am. I'm not advertising it at all. No, ma'am. Yeah. I do have a telemedicine business, but I'm not advertising it. I'm just doing it by word of mouth. Yeah. Well, that's probably best, and I'm not going to press you to give us information. Um, but it, these things can be found if you talk to people enough. Uh, you can find people like Esther. And by the way, uh, Ben Marble, uh, who is the, behind MyFreeDoctor.com, that we've interviewed, uh, also testified before that Ron Johnson hearing the other day. And he has been offering free telehealth services. He said that he has, uh, through those protocols that you described, because he uses the uh, McCullough, Dr. McCullough protocols, 99.99% survival rate uh, rate of his patients. And so I just want to give people hope, and that's myfreedoctor.com. He's out there, you know, everybody everybody that wants to know can find it. It's myfreedoctor.com. Esther, God bless you for everything you're doing. God bless you. And um, let's talk again sometime. Let's go to uh, Sandy in Texas. Good morning, Sandy. A lot of Texas folk this morning. Good morning, Sandy. Good morning. Um, yes, I wanted to, uh, first of all, I work in a pharmacy. Second of all, I was at the rally on Sunday in D.C., 
Um, cool. I wanted to uh, remind uh, back years ago, uh, John Whitehead at the Rutherford Institute did a video series called Grasping with the Wind. It was my mom's favorite video series. He showed that when the Marxist, when there's a takeover, you'll see it in everything. So Trevor Loudon did Enemies Within, which was the government, and then they just released Enemies Within the Church, Infiltration of the Marxists to the Church. Now he needs to do a third video, Enemies Within the Medical Community, to show the Marxist infiltration of the medical community. The, what's bringing down the medical community that hasn't been addressed is that our major um, churches, Presbyterian, Methodist, Baylor, sold their hospitals back a couple of decades ago to the corporations. When that happened, we lost, the doctors lost their um, ability to practice on their own. The hospitals, once they, once they went corporate, that if you wanted to practice at these hospitals, you had to move your practice underneath the hospital. And now we're seeing doctors down here in the Dallas area where they're moving themselves out away from the, the corporations. They're going concierge. Um, yes. And that's, that's because of what's happening inside the inside of the hospitals with this um, with the, this Marxist takeover of our hospitals. So if you look back um, over the last couple of decades, you'll see that that has been a major factor of where we have lost our um, autonomy in the medical community. Um, inside yes. of the pharmacy, I fought my pharmacist uh, five or six times. They've tried to pull ivermectin or hydroxychloroquine. The last time when they tried to pull the ivermectin, I showed my pharmacist there's a drug called Singular Montelukast. That drug is used um, in, in children and adults for allergies and breathing. It has a black box warning on it, which nobody knows about. The black box warning is because of the effects of suicidal thoughts in children's minds when they use this drug. When my pharmacist tried to pull the ivermectin uh, because the government put the black box warning on it, I went in the next day and I reminded her how she gives that drug out like candy. And that drug has a black box warning on it, far more serious than ivermectin. Within an hour, she was dispensing the ivermectin again. So wow. there's a lot God of people you. inside fighting. And, um, and yes, the woman that uh, got the, the, about to deliver the baby, we've had multiple children with uh, midwives and doulas. So there's a huge population of midwives in the United States that uh, she could use. Okay, Sandy, that's great information, all of that. Thank you, and thank you for everything you're doing inside. I'm amazed, actually, that the hospital's still giving it because they're, you know, they are, are being punished, you know. Uh, that's, that's somebody still hanging on, doing the right thing, and, and that's really good to hear. And what that means is that people's lives are being saved still uh, in your hospital. So, Sandy, thanks, and that is some glimmer of good news. Um, she's right about the corporate takeover. I talked about that yesterday. That's when medicine changed. But we we can't excuse really. I really we can't. We've become so mushy. We cannot excuse doctors for going along with the really violating their oath uh, to to preserve life uh, and to do no harm uh, and to violate that in order to keep their job and their practice. I recognize um, this is a hard choice for all of us. For those of you in the military, those of you who have jobs everywhere, these are terribly difficult choices. But we've got to reach deep down and find some courage uh, because otherwise this is not going to end. It's going to just continue, and it is Marxism. And I, let me just say again, the, the comparison, I told you about the hospital in Moscow where I spent 
a great deal of time talking to uh, one of the uh, Russian Orthodox priests and a doctor. And bottom line, the hospital was, they asked me how the involvement of churches in hospital work was affecting hospital work. They had the whole idea of compassion and care and love was something they'd never experienced. That hospital was filled with graft and corruption. It was filthy. People had to bribe people to get medicine for their loved ones. They had to clean the rooms of their loved ones. That's medicine under a godless, godless hierarchy. And so that's what we're that's what we're moving to, and it is absolutely communistic. Let's go to um, uh, let's go to Amy in South Carolina. Good morning, Amy. Quickly, if you can. Good morning. Okay, good morning. I just want to thank you for all you do. My husband and I, we listen to you almost every morning. And when, we, when we're busy and can't catch you, we go back and listen to the podcast. But I'm so thankful that you're covering all this. I have been so frustrated because I've done my own research. I've followed. I don't watch any mainstream media anymore. I followed the doctors who are, you know, are... The, the ones that I feel I can trust are the ones who've made sacrifices, you know, just to save lives. Yes, you know, those are the people that those are the people that you can trust. You're right, Amy. That's a that's a barometer for sure. And just one thing: be sure and go on Rumble if you want to see Doctor Malone or any of those doctors and their videos. You can pretty much find them on Rumble. Um, all right, Lynn, you have thirty seconds. Unfair, but w- can you make your point quickly? Yes. Uh, years ago, um, I think um, I heard about it. Anyway, Dr. Mercola, his wife noticed that nature paths were getting murdered. And um, after I heard this, I saw an article. I was in California at the time. A doctor in the Bay Area who was a nature path, he and his family were all murdered. And it mentioned how many people he had helped. Well, interesting, Lynn. That's, I'm not sure about that story, but it's an interesting, interesting. All right. Well, listen, uh, Gordon says they are, there are midwives in Kentucky. Uh, you heard that there are midwives in Texas, and I bet there are midwives a lot of places. So check that out if you're concerned uh, and you'd like to give birth to your baby elsewhere besides in a hospital. All right. Well, God is on his throne, and we do trust him, don't we? I trust him. Sandy Rios in the morning on AFR Talk. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.